0: Dear Beth, there was or there was not in the oldness of time.
1: The sky raining down death and destruction as the huddled masses flee, flee to safe haven.
2: That sounds terrible, Beatrice. Are the pets being treated okay?
1: The pets were evacuated to safety before the Zagarathons opened fire on Bergopolis. This is just dreadful. Are these new pages? I dreamt up better scripts.
3: Less editorial license, Tommy. Pick it up from the
2: pen. (laughs) Me me me. Um, are the uh? That sounds that sounds terrible, Beatrice. Are the pets being treated okay? The pets
1: were evacuated to safety before the Zagarathons opened fire on Bergopolis. However, I'm here with Marjorie Bindlestaff, who is valiantly minding a small family of mice who could not fit on the last evacuation pod. Marjorie, how are the little fellas doing?
2: Excellent question, Beatrice. How are the little guys doing?
1: Thank you, Brick. I got this... It's rough days, Beatrice. This one is having a particularly difficult time. He just won't eat. I've tried everything. Swiss, cheddar, even the little bit of brie I've saved for my anniversary picnic. Ow! Son of a-
2: uh, is everything okay down there, Marjorie?
1: Oh, oh, jeez, that's quite a bite. Can we cut? We need a medic here. Oh, does that look infected to you? Has a thing even been tested? Cut! Cut! What's happening? That's really deep. Ow! 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 Get it off me! I didn't know we were using real mice.
3: It's not a real mouse, it's a puppet. Synthetic. We got a lot of them on the cheap.
1: How are you getting anything? You barely pay us! And where's the medic?
3: Uh, We don't have one.
1: What? Then who was that guy who taped up my ankle last week when I tripped over that rubble?
3: No idea. He just shows up sometimes.
1: Well, if that isn't the final straw. You drag us out here at the crack of dawn to read some second-rate nonsense that has all the logic of a three-year-old. None of this makes any sense. Well, no more, mister. I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm sure I speak for everyone here when I say we deserve better. Nay, the
3: audience deserves better. We are professionals. We contort ourselves to sell this third-rate... I thought you said it was second-rate.
1: Third-rate schlock. And poor Marjorie here, on the brink of death, without equity-approved medical assistance, and a tramp that wanders through the set... I'm Peter... I play Marjorie. My name's actually Peter. Not the point. And I think I'll be fine. Look, it stopped bleeding already. It shouldn't have been bleeding in the first place, is my point. We are literally, literally bleeding for our art.
3: Right, right, okay. Back to positions, everyone. Uh, Someone get Marjorie on New Mouse. What? You're not going to do anything? Yeah.
1: Good. What?
3: Well, I could fire you. That would be doing something. Or you could do the line. Okay, everyone. Action.
2: Zagaritha Um, I mean, that sounds terrible, Beatrice. Are the pets being treated okay?
1: The pets were evacuated to safety before the Zagarathons open fire on Bergopolis.
3: Oh, for God's sake! It can't! Yeah! On a world under constant alien threat. A terrified populace can only suitably prepare themselves and take necessary arms against the invasions of cold, cruel invaders. Thanks to the vigilant eye and stalwart reporting of the Xenos coverage crew led by nine-time Daytime Icarus Award nominee Brick Thrustjaw as Brick Thrustjaw.
2: Breaking news!
3: I'm brilliant! And Beatrice, plucky and sultry field reporter played by Connie London,
1: live on the scene and looking great.
3: They keep the world safe by keeping their eyes and ears on space, space, space. Every Tuesday afternoon at... Well, that's just silly. Is it? I mean, if a world were
0: under attack, it would be pretty obvious, wouldn't it? And it would certainly look much scarier than, well, that. <laughs> One would think. What is this place? It's like community theater with a budget. Barely. And with far less discernible talent. Oh, it's all a bit of fun. Look, camera crew.
4: Hello. Great wobbly sets on rollers. A megaphone. These are great. Oh, put that down. <coughs> what? Oh, sorry. This, unless I'm very much mistaken, is Starworld. Circa the early 22nd century. Starworld, or rather, Circumstellar Studios, is the entertainment epicentre of over a hundred galaxies, an entire planet devoted to producing every form of media and pop culture ephemera you could possibly think of, from your big screen holo blockbuster to your avant-garde street-side
0: choreography. This is where the magic happens, Jules. Really? Never thought you'd have much interest in this sort of thing. More interest in saving worlds, exploring unknown terrains, critiquing Venusian experimental fashion. Oh,
4: I'm quite fond of Lassie. Lassie? Yes, she was very witty. Stellar comedic timing. Shame the scripts never quite captured
0: that. Beth, dear sister, I have often remarked to you in my letters about the doctor's infectious enthusiasm and sense of fun, but I feel it cannot be overstated. Something about her happy smile and the twinkle in her eyes breaks down all my defenses, and I feel like a child again, running free to play in the most exciting playground imaginable. It seemed the doctor had landed the TARDIS in the middle of a television studio set, much to the annoyance of the director. He was a young and intense man who looked like he hadn't slept for a week and drank far too much coffee. If the 22nd century still had coffee, I hoped so.
3: What the hell is this big blue box? Where did it come from? And who moved my megaphone?
4: Time we moved on. Let's get out of the way.
3: Does this mean we're on a break? No, it does not. We've just got to get this thing moved and send the back to positions. I'm hearing that is, we're on a break. Oh, Oh, Jules,
4: look. What is it? It's you, hello. Beatrice, plucky news reporter from the Xenos coverage crew. Can I have your autograph? Oh, (laughs) um, of course. Thank you so much.
1: It's for a dear friend. She's a huge fan. That's great. Anything for a fan. Um, who should I make it out to? Uh, oh, it's not for me. Uh, mm.
4: uh, okay, yes, it actually is for me.
1: That's fine. Uh, what name? The doctor. You want me to sign an autograph for uh, the doctor? Yes. Okay.
4: King. Thanks. Uh, can I keep the pen? It's your pen. You gave it to me. Even better. Jules, look! I got a pen from Beatrice, plucky
1: news reporter. I'd prefer to be called Connie. Oh.
0: Why? Uh, because that's my name. Hello. Hi. I'm Julia, and this is the doctor. She is excitable. Are you in the middle of filming something? Naturally. Can't you tell?
1: Let me tell you. It's been a nightmare of a shoot. Absolutely beastly. Stroheimberg, that horrid tyrant-slash-director, called us to set in the darkest hours of the night to put life into drivel. You know he just dribbled on the page. Poor Marjorie was taken away on a stretcher. And this box just appeared out of nowhere in the middle of my big scene. And they have budget for that, I tell you, but not for... So it's not all glitz and glamour, then? Oh, well, you know, there's always a bit of suffering you have to go through. As the great Hasselhoff so wisely said, you bleed so the audience doesn't have to. When I was a young, struggling actor, I learned to never turn down an opportunity, and little did I know that this production would mean so much to so many dear, devoted fans, such as uh, your friend? Hello! Uh,
0: what is she doing over there anyway? Oh, uh, I think she's rewiring the generator. Should okay. be fine. What was that?! Sorry!
1: The series may be small. maybe may be under-budgeted and... Yeah, the writing's not always up there with the best of Smithy. But it's art! And people like it! I mean, That's my job? Entertaining people? And maybe making them think and laugh, and offering them a brief moment of escape from their dreary lives for 20 minutes a week, every Tuesday at 5.30, or whenever the stations decide to put it on. Uh, what do you do that's so great? I'm a battlefield volunteer nurse. Well, you see horrible things on a regular basis, and you're still there. I don't think that's remotely comparable.
3: Okay, everyone, back to one. We're doing The Big Stompy Robot scene. Connie, on your mark. Uh, what about my
2: break? Brick? Brick? Break? Uh, I mean, uh, that sounds terrible, Beatrice. Good. Uh,
3: fine. Uh, extras? Extras? They're all my extras.
1: We're short today because of all the wild animal attacks. What?
3: You too uh, Stand on the sidewalk over there! Uh, look
2: scared! What, us?
3: I never turn
4: down an opportunity to look scared.
2: What's happening now, Beatrice? Any further developments on the pet situation?
1: Forget the pets, Brick. We're finally moving on from the blasted pets. A new figure has appeared on the scene. It's... Indescribable!
2: Can you try describing it? What's happening? There's nothing
1: there. Shh. You're ruining the magic jewels. Emerging from behind a building. It's enormous. A giant robot, its feet crushing the asphalt with each earth-shattering stomp. It's a guy in a suit. The special effects team is using brown screen to make the robot look enormous. What remaining local residents, including the pets you'll be glad to hear, Brick, are taking shelter from its ferocious march. Even the consulting military specialists have fled in terror. Their experimental weapons no match for this new foe.
0: This dialogue is terrible.
1: Oh shush, you've really just got
0: to get into the spirit of these things. When we were little, your brother and I used to watch a bunch of creaky old Saturday morning TV shows. King of the Rocket Men, Flash Gordon, Zorro. Tales of Daring do and pioneering heroism. And to be honest, we were bored by the first commercial break. Tamar would talk over them, making up his own stories. Stories that were funnier, wilder, more imaginative. I still remember them, Beth the tale of the mountains that moved when the people slept, the story of the girl who picked the stars from the night sky and then ate them one by one until she fell asleep and dreamed of new stars. Hmm. Am I being a bit snooty, do you think, if I said that star news seemed to be without any artistic merit? Perhaps. But the doctor was enraptured, and I was charmed to be by her side as she gleefully watched the filming.
2: What was that, Beatrice? It sounded like a mouse... or something.
1: In what possible way, Brick, did that sound anything like a mouse? It's a gigantic rampaging monster robot stomping and roaring.
2: You are facing no mere robot, Beatrice. Plucky news reporter, you are in the presence of a commander from the Lizard Death Warfleet.
0: Are we really staying here for all this? It's a lizard warlord inside a giant robot.
1: I want to see what happens, really. The giant stompy robot has opened to reveal a hideous lizard warrior inside and he is hell bent on conquest. There's no way of stopping this destruction unless someone does something. But there's nobody left. It's only me and our crew here on the scene. We have to do something. I have to do something, but how, and with what? But wait, what's this here on the ground over here? Could it be? Yes, it's some kind of a super gun. All I need to do is to take careful aim. Be me
2: I shall destroy you.
1: Leave us be, marauding robot monster. Get back from whence you came. Oh, jeez.
4: You tell him, Beatrice Plucky, news reporter. Show him who's in charge here. What
2: could you possibly do? You have a time weapon. You are no match. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Medic>!
1: <laughs> what was that?
2: You nearly hit <laughs> you, nearly you nearly hit, hit me. me. I told you I wasn't going to do any more stunts.
1: That was supposed to be a water pistol. Water's not a stunt.
2: It is, if you're a robot.
1: You're not a real robot. Well, that's
0: not supposed to happen. I need a medic! You apparently don't have one, but you've got me. Let me see that.
3: It burns! I don't understand what
0: happened! You've been hit in the shoulder by a burning shard of wood from the set. Uh, It's seared through your clothing. I'm gonna need to cut it out. I'm sorry, but this is going to hurt. (laughs) Ooh, I've not seen this type
4: of weaponry before, but it's definitely not from this neck of the woods. Far too sophisticated.
0: And deadly. We meet all types of people in our travels through time and space. But Connie London seemed to me to be too many types all at once, like she was constantly performing. She was exhausting to be around. We accompanied her to her apartment on the far end of a little community set up to home the people who work in the production studios. The doctor had merely asked Connie if she had a map, and Connie said yes, she did have a map hidden away somewhere at her place. She then insisted on us coming home with her so that she could dig it out and wrestle up a bite to eat. And along the way, she gave us a rather confusing guided tour, which mainly seemed to consist of her pointing out fast food restaurants where she'd had all sorts of inconvenience with the staff, or with the computers, or with being refused a refund. Eventually, we arrived at her tiny and very messy apartment. Welcome to Shay
1: Connie! <laughs> Sorry, it's a bit chilly. I'll, I'll turn on the space heater. Hold on. Make yourselves comfortable. Feel free to make as much noise as you'd like. I mean, no need to worry about the neighbors. I don't have any. Why not? Isn't space at a premium? Oh, not here. These buildings fall under arcane Star World residential laws. No more than 10% of tenants can be occupied by a transient residents. Of course, the ancient AI lawyers of the day included anyone who treads the boards in their definition of transient. And... Well, this is Star World. Plus, this is a three occupant building. So it's just me and my canary, Caliban. I'll just grab the map you asked for, Doctor. Bit out of date now, mind. Um, Got it when I first arrived here. This place keeps growing by the day. Oh, kitchenette's through there. Uh, Mind the clutter, help yourself to anything you want. Uh, Do you have a spoon? Oh, yes, of course, in the in the drawer on the left.
0: I like your place. It's very cozy.
1: It's all I can afford on the pittance they pay us. Talk about just having artists, huh? Ooh, are you looking at the poster for the torrid loves of Von Daniken? I was Umlat, the temptress in Act Three. Did you see it? I was under all that makeup, and I was only on stage for, you know, a few minutes, but the review o said I was entirely passable. No, I'm afraid I didn't catch it. That's okay. It was a limited run anyway, closed after opening night. Ooh, and that one is an ad for Spogbo. I was the voice of cold-pressed spaghetti bolognese pellets for two and a half years. For on the go, and when you know, you'll need me. This cold-pressed pellet from Italy.
0: Still get fan mail. Spaghetti bolognese pellets? Uh, Sounds interesting.
1: Oh, if you want some, I, I think I've got some left at the back of the cupboard somewhere.
0: Um, Doctor? Oh, would you, uh, d- don't that- bother yourself, please. It's fine. So,
4: just to let you know, there's a situation in the kitchen. With the spaghetti pellets? Yes, but also with the gun. Uh. Doctor, what did you do? Me? I did nothing. The gun, however, decided to fight back. Didn't like me taking it out. Now that I say it like that, I can't say that I blame it. What's it doing to my kitchen? Looking for parts. It must be using whatever's in your kitchen to rebuild itself. Interesting.
1: Is that my mixer?
4: You could be baking a cake? Look out!
1: Get behind the sofa! What are you, (laughs) eat? How is the sofa going to protect us? Doctor, I'm thinking... What's it doing?
4: It's putting itself back together and then some. I was disassembling it to see if I could determine its origin. It had other ideas. It gathered its parts and a few extra bits besides. Look, there's the kitchen timer. What's it gonna do with the timer?
1: I don't know, but I don't think it does either. It's not like it can make itself into a bomb, can it? Wait, can it? Uh, let's hope not. My carpet! Oh, the heater. Ooh, it seems to be
4: targeting the most brightly colored objects first. The lava lamp, the lime green carpet, Your, your, is that?
0: It's an alpine horn. Oh, of course it is. It might be developing rudimentary vision. It's ripping everything to shreds, doctor. I need a cape and a cupboard. Who has a cape?
1: I understudied Red Riding Hood and But Br- Granny the Musical, so... Yeah, I have a cake. Aha! There you go. And the cupboard is over there in the corner. Thank you, Connie. And uh I'm still your really a smoke detector. Okay.
4: Why? You two stay low. I hope I can remember how the matter do. to me someone bargaining on the side of the board. Hey!
1: Hey, Frank Blender! Over here! Over here! Oh late! Well done! You've trapped a hostile blend of kitchen appliances in my hall
0: closet. I'm sure the doctor has a clever plan. Doctor? It's using local materials.
1: That
4: means it has weaknesses of those materials. Connie, can you please light a candle? How do you know she has a candle? Uh, trust me, actresses and vampires, big on candles. Here, use the patchouli. Come on an ex. I can't stand it. What are you doing setting fire to Connie's closet? What? what? You can't just set fire to people's homes. Oh, come on. It's not as though I'm blowing it up. That would just be rude. That's also plan D.
1: Wait!
0: I'm getting my epi out first. Oh, of course you are. Stand back, you two. I think it's working. I think it's stopped. What did you do? The space
4: heater has a built-in fail-safe that kicks in when it gets overheated. The fire made sure of that.
1: Brilliant. What am I saying? You've set fire to my closet. Oh, how am I going to explain this to my landlord? Honey, you said you had
0: a map? I hope it wasn't in there. Uh, it sounds like it's turned back on. It's unstoppable. We should get back. Back!
1: This is even angrier, Doctor. All you've done is put it in a really bad mood. And frankly, I know no like feeling. nonsense. It doesn't have feelings.
4: It's... They take it back! You're right. It's definitely a tentacled. We can't let it out of here. People will die. Doctor, you've got to stop it. Let's try talking to it. Hello? You're not such a bad sword, are you? Just a bit misunderstood. Doctor! No, bad. You do not try to stab my new friend with a shoehorn and a retractable sword. To be fair, that's not terribly threatening. You need to do something more drastic than scold it. Oh, it always the so way? Well. Okay. Both of you outside. As far as you can get. Now.
1: What are you going to- Plan D. Go. Run. Wait! Elevator? Over there. Good. Wait, wait, wait. We can't leave her in there?
0: The doctor knows what she's doing. Usually.
1: Really? She set fire to my closet. And what does she mean about Plan D? Didn't that involve, like, Explosions? (coughs)
4: <coughs> Doctor? Hello, sorry, would have been with you sooner, but, well...
1: Callie! Oh, how's my little snooky wookie? oh, my poor little guy? <laughs> oh, you're safe now, thank God! Who's a good bird? You, aren't you, my little schnooky wookie? What happened? glad the doctor got you out of there. That was scary, wasn't it? With the robot monster thing and that nasty fireball that... Oh, God. Incinerated my... Uh, my entire world. All my, all my memorabilia. My, my wardrobe. My fan letters. Everything. Just the sonic screwdriver.
4: Activated the isotope in the smoke detector. Holdover from the 20th century... Cheap detectors were filled with americium 241 triggered the right unstable atomic reaction, and, presto, instant tiny explosion. An incapacitated killer gun thing, and timely and appropriately dramatic escape. yes yes, I know it was incredibly dangerous, but our options were limited. Of course I remembered to bring food for you. Here, have a pellet. Look, I'm sorry if you don't like spaghetti, but it's all I've got. That gun was not of this world, and possibly not of this time zone. Self-repairing and adapting weapons technology? That's extremely sophisticated and very nasty. Strohemberg had clearly never seen it
1: before. So where did it come from? I have nothing. It's all gone. Well,
4: you've got a map. Yes, let's have a look, shall we?
1: retro my costumes my posters
0: that's us you are here that's helpful okay so we're on the fringes of the cast quarters oh the luminous tentacle problem
1: strangled my character mongo the swamp girl from a midsummer night's rampaging terror of the swamp monsters all gone That was actually worth something on CollectorNet. And I was singled out for praise by the reviewer matic who said I was, and I quote, adequate. I know! I was so proud.
4: I know that's not what you said, but let her have a moment. Her apartment just blew up. Ah, here. What is this area? Marked, no unauthorized access.
1: Connie? I have no idea. Why the hell are you asking me? I, I I don't know anything anymore. All I know is that everything I am has gone. Destroyed forever by by a homicidal collection of kitchen gadgetry and a madwoman who thinks it's perfectly acceptable to incinerate a person's home as long as she can have a conversation afterwards with her avian companions.
0: Connie, look at me. Connie. What?! Calm yourself. It's okay. Everything is going to be fine. Isn't that right, Doctor? Very probably. All you have to do is answer her questions as best you can, without getting worked up, because that doesn't help any of us. Do you think you can do that? She just blew up
1: my house.
0: I know. I know. That kind of thing happens. Sometimes. More than we'd like, actually. But can you help us? I suppose.
4: Good enough for me. Now, what about this restricted area?
1: No idea. Connie, please. No, really. I haven't a clue. I mean, that area on the map, that's just the production suite. Conference rooms, computers for effects, editing bays, that kind of thing. I say sweet. A production like ours, it's more likely a glorified storage closet. I've never been. Why would I? But it's hardly top-secret stuff.
4: And yet decidedly marked as off-limits. For quite some time, too. This map is as old as you say.
1: It's not that old. But now that you mention it... As long as I've been here, the only person I've ever seen go in and out of that area is strahl
0: Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? He's the director.
1: And the writer, and producer, yes. But look, there's gossip. Of course, always is.
0: Doctor, what are you doing? Just stealing
1: this
4: car. Is it a car? It's more of a golf cart
0: thing, but let's go with car.
1: Great. My feet are killing me.
0: You know, I've always secretly wanted to drive one of these. I'll navigate.
4: Ooh, the map has got an AI. Of course it has. Should have realized. How rude of me.
1: Hello, map. Now I'll stretch out back here. Let me know when we've gotten to wherever
0: you're taking us. The restricted area... You were saying that there was chatter about Mr. Strawhammer. <laughs> oh,
1: is there ever? About all sorts of things. I mean, there has always been a lot of weirdness, but especially this season. And Strawhammer has almost always been at the start of it.
2: Come on, come on, stupid machine! Oh, finally!
1: Early in the year, Our dear director finally deigned to provide us with food services, a new vending machine. I was hardly expecting fine cuisine, but honestly, still it was better than nothing. He said it had come from a sponsor, a sponsor for us some sponsor, was filled with energy bars, Feedy Bars, some no-name small world brand. I'd never heard of it before anyway. And of course they chose us to endorse them, wouldn't they? Thing is, they worked really, really well. The crew was so amped up, they insisted on three solid days of shoots without breaks. It was positively grueling. The bars didn't work on you? (sighs) I do not eat out of machines, but Brick did. A lot. I've never seen him so on top of his lines and everyone else's. By the end of the week, he was reciting the script from top to bottom, over and over again until he collapsed. Brick's always had a problem hitting his cues, but that was odd, even for him. And that's saying something. Stroheimberg had the machine removed shortly after that.
2: Hey, where are you taking that thing? What am I supposed to eat now?
1: Not long after, Stroheimberg announced that we would be doing more stunts and tech work this season. He even brought in trainers for a special workshop. I have to tell you, it was really quite the sight. In all my days, I have never seen choreography like that before, and I severely questioned whether those men were even certified. Those punches came far too close to landing, and they certainly hadn't the first clue as how to work with actors.
2: Now, come at me as hard and as fast as you can, and I'll use your weight against you. Start with your art there. And your leg, there. Okay. Just let me get into carrying. Okay. I'm angry. My wife has left me. Taken all the pets. I've had a bad day, and I've, uh... You don't need to do any of that. Just come at me. Oh. Okay, right. Just come at you. Got it. Uh... That's my motivation. Hey! Hey! I know. Just spitballing here. What if my wife left me for you, huh?
1: And yet, somehow, it worked. By the end of the session, even Brick seemed convincingly lethal. I wondered if perhaps we should have hired the trainers to be on the show instead. Ugh. Such
2: histrionics. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ow, 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 ow! Yield! yield the, goal, the goal! Uh, Wow. I don't even know how I'm doing this.
0: (laughs) Seems to me like the strangeness was with Brick, not Stroheimberg.
1: Thing was, I spent that day reading my scripts and studying ahead. I am a professional, after all. Those action sequences? All that absurd, intense choreography. They were nowhere to be found in the upcoming stories. Stories Stroheimberg wrote. We were never scripted to face off against anything scarier than a... A fuzzy ball on a stick.
4: Never underestimate the fuzzy ball-on-stick monsters.
1: I thought an invasion dark them and... Yes, go on. Anyway, as I was saying, our villains, all those monsters and aliens and big stompy robots, they're just computer graphics. And at the end of the day, Stroheimberg called medical services to help the trainers away. A bit excessive, I thought. And that was the last we ever saw of the medics or the trainers. Just goes to show where cast and crew stack up in the bigger scheme of things. Ugh, and that's another thing. On last payday, I absolutely lost it. What is this? Your credit stub, Connie.
3: Surely you recognize it, or can at very least read what it says. H-
1: Tell me this is a directorial exercise. You just want to see how i react to get a performance out of me.
3: Like that's difficult. Look, can we not do this now? I'm actually very busy, and I have a call to take in a minute.
1: Oh, I know. Tell me this is a joke. One of your terrible, overthought, overwrought jokes, the kind you like to sprinkle in your scripts to sound like you're clever, like you have something oh-so-witty and biting to say.
3: And just what are you trying to say?
1: I am SAYING that this is utterly laughable. A complete insult to me, to my
3: craft. It is the same as you always get, Connie. The same as you've gotten every payday for the last five seasons.
1: And that is exactly my problem. The show has more money now. I know it. You know it. We have sponsors. You've been bringing in all sorts of new stuff. The workshops, the trainings. Don't think we haven't noticed the equipment upgrades. Those fancy new cameras and computers, the splashy pyrotechnics and practical effects. All that has to cost some serious money. Money you keep saying we don't have, by the way. While those of us who are busting our backsides to actually make this thing aren't saying any of it. You're still acting like, like, like we're putting on a show in the garage and paying us like it. Look, it's no secret we... I joined this dumb show because it seemed like a good career move. A chance to get a start in something that, underneath all the camp and corny lines, had the promise to grow and maybe someday even gain some respect. That's why I've stuck around, even though by your own admission, you've always paid peanuts. It's not even about the money. It's the fact that this, our project, is clearly growing into something bigger, but you don't respect me or any of us enough to include us as part of whatever it is becoming.
3: little piece of the channel. Uh, I need to take the call. Of course. I'll see what I can do, but as you say, it's a bigger thing now.
0: It just sounds like we should have a word with Stromberg.
3: Who are you, Nancy Drew?
0: You know Nancy Drew?
1: I was the third understudy in Nancy Drew in the Trepidatious Transmat, a classic. The review called it an unfathomable mystery. Indeed, but we also
4: need to find out where exactly the gun came from. That certainly wasn't his doing. Unless you think he wanted to wave off suspicion by haphazardly injuring himself. The nurse can
1: talk to Storheimberg. Julia, please. Julia? (laughs) He might be more willing to talk to you since you patched him up. And doctor, you can have some fun with looking into your mysterious murdering machine far, far away from me. Excellent.
4: Sounds like a plan. Jules, take a left at the next intersection just ahead, and then a right. You got it. Uh, No, wait, turn around. That should have been a right and then a left. Okay. Uh, No, hold on. Different intersection. Look, I'm sure you do know the way, but I'm going to listen to the map as telling us where to go is its main job. Doctor? What's happening? Everything okay over there? Do you have to go so fast? There's something wrong. The map keeps recalibrating. It's having trouble connecting. Come on, get it together. No,
0: really. Can't we slow down a bit while she figures it out? With the doctor, I've learned it's generally a good idea just to keep moving. And the quicker the better. Plus, it's just kind of fun. Don't you know how to get there?
1: I've never gone this way before. I'm not even entirely sure where we are. Left here.
4: L- Look, I'm sorry. I am not trying to be rude. I know you're doing your best. It is hard when your signal is scrambled. And, and you, stop it. Nobody likes a smug canary. <laughs>
1: Region. For this, you will be destroyed. Uh, did she say star news?
3: Fire!
2: Destroy!
1: <laughs> doctor Who Big Stompy Robots, Chapter 1, Call the Medic, was written by Kay Wu and Vince Staden and directed by Kyle Boers. It featured Kay Wu as the Doctor, Fazia Rizvi as Julia, and Valina Cutler as Connie London. With Joe J. Thomas as Brick Thrustjaw, Justin Fife as Straheimberg, Lisa Michaud as Marjorie played by Peter, Alan Gordon as Dunning, Kyle Boers as the training instructor, and Kayla Gill as the Agamadai warrior. The incidental music was by Kevin MacLeod. Afternoon Tea Adventures Doctor Who series is a free, not-for-profit, unauthorized reimagining of the BBC property. The BBC holds all copyright.